From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. I want to welcome everyone who's listening to The Breakdown with Dr. B, and I want to introduce Dr. Arthur Bregman. How are you doing, doctor, today? Great, Linda. How are you? You know, I'm hanging in there thanks to you and all your great advice that's going out to so many people. Um, Let me ask you, topic number one of today, are you finding that your patients are complaining of loneliness these days? Absolutely, Linda. Um, That is a major topic in um, a lot of the people that I see. Actually, it seems like relationships are like really like under siege. I mean, uh, before the pandemic, it was bad, but now it is really bad. Yeah, I was reading in Psychology Today that the semblance of social life is upside down, obviously, and that three in five Americans were lonely as of just a few months ago. And certainly this has to do with lockdowns. But relationships are changing, aren't they? I mean, the longer we're inside our homes and and not being allowed to socialize, aren't we seeing certain friendships just kind of dissolve? You know, Linda, I was reading in a a Cigna article that 25% of Americans um, have no close relationships. And that was even before the pandemic. All right. Why is that? You know, I, I think because of the lockdowns, the social isolation, you know, people just, they, they can't get together and connect. And I think people need that eye contact or, you know, like touch the flesh, you know, shake somebody's hand, you, you, you know? know. And I agree. But leading up to this, what did you have? You have people too much on their phones, people watching too much, you know, on their screens, TV, on the computer, I mean, that didn't, leading up to that didn't help, did it? No, no, absolutely. You know, uh, all that stuff, you know, the uh, social media, the uh, internet, what has happened is, you know, it it reduces like really social connectedness. The social connectedness that reduces anxiety uh, and and, it helps us deal with stress. No, you're right. Relationships are so important. In fact, I was reading a study, which I am sure you are incredibly familiar with. Uh, I guess there was a book many, many years ago, Born to be Good, The Science of a Meaningful Life. And this psychoanalyst, he was an Austrian-American by the name of Rene Spitz. Uh, He took a, looked at a study where there were two orphanages. So this is going back to the 40s and 50s when they had orphanages. And one orphanage had babies that were given everything in terms of food and the best medicines, but they were not given human contact. Then the other group, the other orphanage, had babies that didn't have the best health care. Maybe the environment wasn't as clean, but they had brought in convicts to play mothers to these orphans, to nurture them, to sing them songs, to hold them all day. Well, I know you're familiar with this study. After many years, looking back at those babies that grew up to be adults, which group did better? Okay, well, the group 
that did better was the one with the human contact, okay? Because that group, um, and this dispelled Freud's theory on, um, he thought that people were really into supplies and survival, but really that's not really the truth. The really, the truth is, and that's what the study showed, is that humans are much more into the human contact. And it's like in relationships. Sometimes relationships are bred from performance, you know, what you can do for people, what supplies you give them. But love really is a feeling and it's not a performance. So I think that's what we're talking about here. Yes. And you know what I always like to do, being a student of history, I always like to look back at something similar in the past and see how that all panned out. Now, um, the 1918 pandemic, which has a lot of parallels to what we're going through today. You want to talk about loneliness? What we're going through is child's play compared to what they went through. Why? Well, they only 8% of America in 1918 had telephones. We didn't have computers. We didn't have television. How do you call? You, can, you couldn't Zoom your friend that you can't see. You were literally quarantined into your home. People talk about distrust. Everybody was paranoid. There wasn't information. This was a plague. People were dying in their homes, starving to death because nobody would check on each other. I mean, it was horrendous. Well, you know, um, I think a lot could be learned from the past. And you know, humans are very consistent. We don't like really change a lot. Nothing really with humans have changed since 1918. And you know, basically people here um, were just isolated, alone. And they really uh, had a lot fewer communication uh, means than we do today. But it's still the same kind of thing, you know, that people really need real human contact. And I think that's one of the things that's contributing to a major amount of our mental illness today. And, but you know what, here's the good news. And it's one of the reasons why I always like to read about parallels in history. People came out of their homes in about 1919, 1920, life went on, came back slowly. But what do you have after the horrible pandemic of 1918, the roaring 20s, the roaring 20s. Right. And guess what? It's 1921. We're about to roar, hopefully soon. And, and we, we can have the roaring 2020s. Right? I love it. Okay. As so, long as I can wear a flapper dress. Okay. Well, look, you can wear any dress you want. <laughs> uh, I, I think, you know, and, and you know, Linda, uh, if we're going to get by now, I got a few good tips. Now, look. So we got to make the best of a bad situation, okay? So look, let's say we want to reach out. We want to see, like, who's going to be our friend. Maybe we could get some good friends. So um, one thing to do is see, do people return texts? Do they initiate contact? Are they avoidant? Maybe those are the kind of people you, you wouldn't want to invest your energy in, you know, to be, to be friends. So try to get some friends now. It could happen, you know, <laughs> hug your significant other, uh, okay? Really important. You know, it has shown that those types of relationships, those close ones at home are so important. And they, you know, bring about a lot of resilience and people do so much better. So keep that in mind. And then 
try to connect directly with people if you can in a safe way try it you know see what you can do see if you can have some eye contact with people you know outside restaurant or go to a park go see your friends and look if all else fails um and you know having a therapeutic relationship is like having a special friend so if you if you could call uh, get online and get a therapist your special friend that could really make a difference all good advice and if i may bring up our next topic be kind be kind is so important but my question is and we're going to talk about kindness right now i think it's so underrated you know that we aren't kind to each other. We don't compliment each other enough. We don't go out of our way. It's, it's not that hard to be kind. And, you know, I, I came across this study and it says that science shows that as children, we're biologically wired to be kind. But as we go through life, we become bitter and, we, we, and kindness isn't as easy to come by. Do you agree with that? Well, I think that's unfortunately the case. And if we think about us coming from a tribal kind of situation, kindness ingratiated us to others. It helped glue us together in the tribe. It was very adaptive. So um, I think it's extremely important to reframe some of our thinking and think about how important kindness is. You know what I think? I think kindness comes easier to some people. I mean, this is just my own thinking is that some people are just naturally kind. Others have to work at it, but okay. Let's just say you're a person that just kindness doesn't come naturally, but you really want to be kind. So you work at it every day. You do exercises to be kind. Would that somehow be easy to then be kind naturally? The more you're kind, the more naturally it becomes, you know, you know, Linda, it's really an interpersonal skill. That means um, if you want to do it and, and you do it with sincerity, you could do it. You know, it's like reaching out, being considerate, giving a helping hand. And it doesn't mean you're weak. You know, it, it's, it has to be tough to be kind and generous. And, and it really works. You know, it has been shown in marriages that the people express a lot of kindness, they are so much more successful. I mean, so if anybody's going to get something out of this, you got a good marriage, I'm sure you're kind. Yeah, this is true. Kind and, and unselfish. Um, you know, going back to being a helper, helping hands, I was reading that like exercise altruism also releases endorphins, a phenomenon known as helper's high. Absolutely. So explain this chemical reaction <laughs> that happens when you've been out doing a charity run. You've just raised some money for uh, a charity and you come back and you're feeling really great. You've just helped someone. What's you know, going on really, there in the it, mind? It's a, a natural, it's like a runner's high. It does uh, release endorphins. That, that means it's very adaptive, it's rewarding, and it really helps people feel good about themselves and others. So uh, I think people need to kind of reframe and start thinking about that instead of all this distrust that's going on in negativity. I know. And what a good time to be kind. It's so important. It, that This is the perfect time. 
if you weren't kind before or you were kind of kind and you were kind of working on it, this is the time to really give it your all, right? Absolutely. So, And um, it's an interpersonal skill that means you can learn it if you want to have it. So everybody could practice it. Well, I want to uh, end by reading you something that I saw, ironically, being that we were going to talk about kindness today. Um, on my friend's Facebook wall. And it's, it's perfect. It goes along with what we're just saying. It says, we're all in the same boat. We are all in the same storm. Some of yachts, some of canoes, and some are drowning. Just be kind and help whoever you can. Perfect. Perfect. I mean, no more need be said. No. Right? Right. So I think we'll, we'll end with that. We'll yes. end on that meditation. Okay. And I want to thank you. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Talk next week, Linda. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.